Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Thursday, July 29th. We are just very close to the MLB trade deadline. And just a week ago, I was bringing you Talking Sports with Evan uh, with Tristan Thomas talking about the Milwaukee Bucks NBA championship, which, wow, you know, even a week later, it still feels uh, uh, amazing and incredible to say 2021 NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. So um, not going to be a Bucks theme show here today, though. Just had to get that out there and uh, going to be, you know, lots of Packer chatter today. NFL training camps kicking off uh, across the NFL Packers starting yesterday with Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay on time, which not to, you know, toot my own horn, which I usually don't. Um, I had been saying during this whole situation that Rodgers would be returning, you know, showing up for training camp on time. I, I just had a feeling that he would, you know, and I'm going to get into why I felt that way in a little bit. Randall Cobb is coming home. Um, talk about my thoughts there. And Packers also sign a offensive lineman uh, as well. Um, I'm going to kind of talk about what that means, too, with Dennis Kelly uh, coming to Green Bay. So I know some people automatically assume it means Bakhtiari probably won't be ready for week one. I have some other things that I feel that could mean as well, which I'll get to momentarily too. So also, with as I mentioned coming into the show, the MLB trade deadline is just, um, you know, three, I want to say three o'clock central time tomorrow, and the Brewers have already made one move. What do I envision the Brewers doing between now and the end of the trade deadline? I'm going to talk about that a little bit as well. So you can also welcome to comment. You can comment regardless if you're watching this on Facebook or on Twitter. You can make a comment, any questions, uh, any comments you want to share. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, are you you know, excited that Rodgers is back? Are you tired of the drama? Um, let me know your thoughts. You can post a comment and let me know what you think. But before I do dive into the Packers and training camp, uh, which is going to be the main focus of this show, I want to kind of touch base on the Brewers first. So the Brewers yesterday traded for Eduardo Escobar, uh, utility, uh, for, are an all-star utility infielder, and just gives the Brewers even better uh, defense and gives them more pop behind the plate, you know, with the uh, the bat as well. He's a switch-hitting, um, multi-dimensional player. He can play short, uh, third, um, second base, he can play left field. Pretty much the only position he has not played in his baseball career is first base, which he'll also be playing first base for Milwaukee. So I guess you can say he's played every position possible for the Brewers well, when he plays first base for the Brewers. Um, you know, he's just a, he's a veteran. He hasn't really been in a deep playoff run before, but he offers you power. He offers you really strong defense. And he got gives you a you know more versatility um, in this Brewers everyday lineup, which um, with the p- starting pitching and the defense, this is a team that come playoff time can hold their own against anybody. Um, but you do want some extra pop in the lineup, hence Escobar, uh, Rowdy. Uh, he's been adding some nice pop to the lineup. Uh, I know he hit three home runs last weekend. 
Um, he's a guy that has earned uh, playing pretty much every day at this point when they got him from Toronto. Didn't really know what he had. Doesn't hit really well, but he's definitely been hitting much better at AmFam Field and for the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers, as of right now, the way the Brewers are shaped up, I truly believe this is a team that compete with can can compete with anybody in the National League. Um, starting pitching, although it's young, I I think they can definitely hold their own against the likes of the Dodgers, the Giants, and the Padres. We've seen them against the Padres and the Dodgers this year, and the Brewers um, ha- are have a winning record against those two teams. Um, the only team they haven't played yet in the West is the Do- Giants, and that series is coming up soon um, against the a- uh, NL East. They, I want, I think uh, they played. They held held their own against the Mets. They had a chance to win that series easily against the Mets. There was some late game issues that got in the Brewers' way against. Uh, against the New York Mets. Um, the Braves are a team that's been struggling. The Reds, uh, their offense is really good, but their bullpen and their pitching is subpar. I know the Reds have done a lot to try to improve going into the deadline, um, but I think you know the Brewers have a seven-and-a-half game lead over the Reds going into tonight. The Cubs are having a fire sale, and the Cardinals, if they can get hot, um, they're a team to be concerned about. But... In the NL, in the NL, I I hold I can I feel the Brewers as they look right now can hold their own against any team in the NL. Um, offensively, Willie Adamas has been a godsend since coming. Uh, Colton Wong, when healthy, has done great. Uh, you know he gets base hits after base hits. He's a double machine. Um, Luis Urias has added some pop, uh, which kind of surprises me a little bit. I didn't re- think he would be such the home run hitter, but Urias has added some nice pop to the lineup. Navias and Garcia have been really good power hitters. Um, the big thing is they need more consistency on offense, and a lot of that needs to come from a guy who's on the IL for COVID right now is Christian Yelich. Um, he has just been struggling since last year. Um not really sure what the issue is with Christian Yelich. Um, I don't know if it's physical. I don't know if it's mental. Um, I I don't know. Um, and it's something that I hope the, you know, Yelich during this time away, dealing with his illness, I hope he uh, doesn't have any complications from COVID. But I hope it's something that Yelich can figure out. Because if Yelich, he doesn't, he doesn't have to return to me. He doesn't have to return back to his MVP self. But we need Yelich to at least become kind of there, you know, if that makes sense. I don't need him to bat 330 and 40 home runs, um, steal 30 bases. I don't need that. What I need is Yelich to hit in the clutch situations, get his power back a little bit, get that average climbing up a little bit. Um, that's what we need from a Christian Yelich. And if Yelich can find his groove, if Yelich can find his bat, um, if Yelich can find whatever it is that's ailing him, I think the Brewers' offense is an offense that can really take off. What do the Brewers still need between now and the end of the trade deadline? Well, to me, what I would like to see the Brewers do is improve the bullpen. And there's one of two ways that the Brewers can improve the bullpen. They can either 
trade for an arm or two out of the pen because right now you have Josh Hader, who's, you know, I know he gave up some runs uh, last night, but he hadn't pitched since before the All-Star break, I think I heard. Uh, it's been like 11 days. That's difficult um, for a guy to not pitch for that long to then go out there and, you know, have to get out, um, have to, um, you know, get those three outs. And I paused for a minute because some breaking baseball news. A few hours ago, it looked like we are going to see Sergio going to the Padres. But now it's looking like him and uh, him and Trey Turner are looking like they could be going to the Dodgers instead. So doesn't change what I said. I still, I still think the Brewers can hold their own against any team in the NL, even if the Dodgers do get those two. It just makes things a little tougher. But as I, going back to what I was saying, you have Hader, you have Devin Williams, who has looked to slowly be getting back to what he was last year um, as a reliever. I, he, you know, he's coming back from a shoulder issue, um, not quite the same Devin Williams, but overall he's starting to come back. Boxberger has been pretty good um, for the most part, some hiccups here and there. But then you have Cousins, Sanchez, um, unproven guys, Pitching great, but unproven. Suter, good arm out of the pen, especially if you use him correctly. You don't want to use him really in high leverage situations. If it's a one-run, two-run game, if it's four, five-run game, one way or the other, that's where Suter is best. He's going to not give up that lead, um, but he just needs to get more consistent. So what you need to me is another arm or two out of that pen to kind of stabilize that bullpen a little bit because to me that is the one the one weakness the brewers have in pitching but one of two ways they can improve pitching the bullpen they can a as i met, as i mentioned trade for a bullpen arm or two improve the bullpen that way or they can trade for a starter um trade for a starting pitcher and i know a lot of you were thinking, why are you going to trade for a starting pitcher? You have the be- one of the best rotations in baseball in Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodworth, Freddie Peralta, Adrian Hauser, who doesn't get the recognition or the respect that he should. And then you have Lauer and Anderson, who are pitching pretty well, too. So why would you trade for a starting pitcher? A couple, couple reasons why you can trade for a starting pitcher. A, Anderson, Lauer, they're... You can improve from those two. Also, you trade for another starting pitcher. You can you can put Hauser, Lauer, or Anderson into the pen, um, and then you can also piggyback one of those three with Freddie Peralta, um, which you did on last Friday against the White Sox, where Peralta started, then Hauser came in uh, after about I think fifty pitches, I want to say. So you can. Piggyback like that. Um, Hauser, Anderson are better uh, first time through the lineup. When they have to go through a second or third time, that's when teams start to get hits on them. So you put one of those two or both in the pen, now you're limiting how many batters they face in 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 appearance. Hauser has had success in the bullpen in the past. He was a bullpen guy before moving into the starting rotation. So it's, it's not... It's not going to be that out of the ordinary for Adrian Hauser to pitch out of the pen. 
So those are the two ways you can strengthen the bullpen. You can either trade for bullpen arm or trade for a starter and move one of the three that I mentioned into the bullpen um, and go that route. Hi, Yasmin. I appreciate you watching. I uh, hope you're doing well. Um, but we'll see what the Brewers do between now and the uh, trade deadline tomorrow. So that's where I'm at with the Brewers. So supposed to be Packers show tonight with training camp starting. Um, I will be doing an NFL season preview show in the next, uh, either next week or the week after. I'm in the process of finalizing my uh, my prep work for it. Um, but lots of things going on in Green Bay. And we, we, we all saw um, since February or since January, Aaron Rodgers seemingly unhappy with his current position with the Green Bay Packers. A lot of people have said it was a media made-up story to try to stir drama. But in reality, there is truth. There was truth. And there is truth to the tension between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Um, yes, Rodgers threw, uh, threw some shade at the media during his uh, his media availability yesterday, which I'll get into momentarily. Um, but just by what he said, he's acknowledging there was, there was a rift between the Packers and, the, and him. He flat out acknowledged it yesterday. And I also have, I think, somebody who... Uh, it's probably more directed towards than either Gutenkust or Murphy. I'll get to that momentarily as well. So first backtrack to Rogers who Adam Scheffler officially dropped the Adam bomb at the NFL draft um, that he didn't want to play for the Packers again. Um, Jason Wody from ESPN, Wisconsin had been dropping breadcrumbs uh, about the possible rift and Schefter finally dropped the bomb before it got out from somebody else that there was an issue between the two sides. Um, it all started when Paul Allen of the Vikings, play-by-play uh, -play guy, when he came out and said that the 49ers were making an offer for Aaron Rodgers. That is when Scheffler dropped the bomb and ran with the story and the rest, as they say, is history. And I've been adamant all along. As I said, I'm not one to pat myself on the back. I'm not one to toot my own horn. But I'm one that's been adamant all along that Aaron Rodgers would show up to training camp on time. And here's why. So if the Packers were going to trade Aaron Rodgers, they would have done so at the NFL draft. That is when they would have traded him. That is where they would have got the most value for him. But unfortunately, with the way the contract was set up, if they traded him then, they were going to take a very serious cap hit with a lot of dead money. So they couldn't trade him necessarily till after June 1st. So they're kind of stuck in little rock in a hard place if they were in fact trying to move him. The problem with moving Rodgers then come June 1st, yeah, you're going to get a haul for Aaron Rodgers coming returning to you. But the problem you run into is you, the, the team you're trading with is likely a playoff team. So, yes, you might get multiple first-round picks. You might get multiple first-round picks, a second, whatever. But they're now likely going to be a playoff team. And the benefit of drafting potentially in the top 10 isn't there. 
yeah, there's a counter argument that if the Packers move Aaron Rodgers, they're likely going to be drafting in the top 10 themselves, and they can use some of those uh, picks as ammo to move up if they want to. But the Packers roster is better than people want to give them credit for. Brian Gutenkust, he has put together a very good NFL roster. Um, there is a, a quote that he had said earlier in his press conference today is it's going to be hard to make our football team. The reason it's going to be hard to make the football team because there is a lot of talented players on this football team. Towards the tail end to Ted Thompson, and, you know, rest in peace, Ted. I don't mean this as a shot on Ted. But the, towards the tail end of Ted Thompson's tenure as general manager of the Packers, the bottom portion of the roster was not very good. He he depended a lot on rookie free agents and undrafted guys to shape up the 50, 51, 52, 53 spot on the on the on the 53 man roster. There wasn't a lot of depth. That's why Gunter, Ladarius Gunter, is chasing around Julio Jones in the NFC Championship game back in 2016 because there is no depth. When your starters got hurt, there's no depth to there's no depth to uh to play anymore because you the bottom of your roster is bad. So if the Packers were to move Rodgers, the talent on the team is still good enough that they're probably going to hover around 500. I know it sounds crazy because we've seen what happened with the Packers prior to, you know, when Rodgers has been hurt in the past. Um but overall They're a 500 team, I feel, without him. Um, and Todd, you're completely right. Rodgers didn't have any leverage. He could have retired or sat out or um, played for the Packers. That was it. And that that's the point I'm going to get to. That's why I've been saying that Rodgers is going to be a Packer all along. They didn't trade him at the draft. They're not going to trade him June 1st. They had no intentions of trading him. So basically, it's either you play for us, you show up at training camp, you play for us, or you sit out. Those are your two choices. We're not trading you. And that that's basically why I strongly felt that come July, Rodgers would be in training camp practicing as your starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. As Todd, you're right. He had no leverage. Um, he tried his hardest to get moved. He tried his hardest to uh, try to make some changes in the front office and in the organization. But... At the end of the day, here he is, new contract because of you know he had three years left on his contract. He he uh, signed the the modified version of his contract today, which knocks off the third year. So now it's a two year contract. But I will say this: I can guarantee you that Rodgers is not playing 2022 under the with the Packers under the terms of the current contract. They're either going to give him a long-term extension or he, he gets traded. He's not going into the 2020 season with one year left as, as his contract. He's either going to be somewhere else or they're going to make a long, they're going to sign him long-term another three, four year contract and go from there. That's what's likely going to happen. Um, likely what the Packers wanted to do all along when they traded, I mean, when they dra traded up and drafted Jordan Love, this has basically been their plan all along, either after 2021 or 2022, move move on from him. But the thing is, if you move, if you wait till the end of 2022 to move on from him, 
yeah, the Packers quarterback situation is likely better than what the Patriots currently have or had when they let Brady go, but you're letting Rodgers go for basically a third-round pick. Um, that ain't happening. So either he gets traded after 2021 or they they sign him to an extension, and I think that's what it's going to be. Now, Rodgers did get a few things he wanted. He wanted Randall Cobb, and <clears> – <throat> I honestly don't have a problem with trading for Randall Cobb. If it makes Rodgers happy, if it makes Rodgers, uh, you know, more able, you know, if it makes him more uh, approachable um, for a contract extension or anything, um, you placate him a little bit, which shockingly Goop said in his presser practically that's why he did it. He wanted to placate Rodgers a little bit. Um, I'm for it. You know, Cobb still has some... uh, some football left in him. He had a pretty solid year in Dallas. He uh, was looking to have a pretty solid year in Houston last year before a toe injury. Um, he still has some football left to play. And the thing is, you are going to expect a lot from your third-round rookie wide receiver and Amari Rogers, which I'm really high on Amari Rogers. I think he's going to be a special player in the National Football League. But the, the thing is, with trading for Randall Cobb, you're now – not, you're not having to rush his development, which we see rookie wide receivers struggle all the time. We see some play well right away. Justin Jefferson, perfect example of that. But then we also see rookie receivers struggle. Um, and Jefferson took a couple weeks before he really got his footing in the NFL. Let's be honest. He, you know, first few weeks of the year, he wasn't the Justin Jefferson that we saw towards the end of the season. Let's be honest there. So with trading for Cobb, you get Rodgers another trusted weapon. So now you got Devontae, MVS, Randall Cobb, Lazard, four guys at the receiver position the Rodgers trusts. And I don't care what you say about MVS, Rodgers trusts him. He's going to give him the football. He's going to find a way to give him the football down the field. He loves Lazard. He big, you know, obviously he loves Cobb. He's best man in Cobb's wedding. Um but now the thing is, Amari Rodgers doesn't have to rush to play a key role um, as a wide receiver in the offense. He can start on special teams, returning punts, returning kicks um, as he adjusts to being an NFL receiver. But now the question comes, you have Adams, Cobb, MVS, Lazard, um, Rodgers. Those five guaranteed, basically guaranteed roster spots. So how many wide receivers are the Packers going to keep? That's going to be the question because you have Funches, you have Winfrey, you have St. Brown, you have other guys who now basically are, are fighting for one spot. Um, I put out a tweet yesterday at Evan with sports. I have to go through all my, uh, my tornado tweets from yesterday. Um, cause we had some, obviously some bad weather, but EQ, Funches, Winfrey, Bell, Bell, Belkton, Taylor, Tom, Tomskins, Blair, and Gaither. They're now all long shots to make the roster. There's one roster spot for all those guys that I said. Now, if you move, if you release Funches, you save some contract, uh, you save some set more salary cap room than you would if you release other people. Obviously, Winfrey, they can try to hide on the practice squad. Same with Tompkins. I don't know if EQ has any practice squad, el- practice squad eligibility left. I don't. I, 
I can't recall if the practice squad is the same as it was last year during COVID, uh, during the COVID uh, protocols that the NFL was doing, where basically you could put anybody on the practice squad. So I don't know if EQ has any practice squad um, uh, eligibility left. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens at the wide receiver position. And Todd, you're exactly right again, too. Um, you're right. It takes some time for receivers to earn Rogers trust. Um, Adams, Cobb, Lazard, and uh, MVS has that trust for Rogers. Amari, it's going to take maybe some time for, to earn that trust. Um, going into his second season um, before the injury in Canada, EQ had that trust um, from everything I read about training camp going into the preseason games back in, would it be 2019? Um, EQ was a favorite target of Rodgers. He was, he was a lock to make the team. And then he got hurt playing on that stupid field in Canada where um, they ended up playing on, an, I think it was an 80 yard field because it was just not safe to play. And he uh, has a severe ankle injury there and he's not been able to get to, the point it looked like he was accelerating to. Um, Funches never has never caught passes from Rodgers before, so we'll see if he develops any rapport with uh, Rodgers as well. So, I the cat the the Goot Rodgers scenario isn't done. That um, it, it's it's still gonna linger. Um, hopefully, once the football game starts. You know, we let football be football. Um, sticking to Rodgers, the one thing I'm happy about, and I don't have to agree with everything Rodgers said, I don't, um, but Rodgers finally spoke his mind. He was very candid. He's very candid in speaking about what his concerns and his issues are with the Green Bay Packer organization. It, it's the way they treat people on their way out. He named a bunch of names, um, Breck. Brett Gould surprised me, to be honest, because, you know, he's a long snapper. So it's quite surprising hearing that name mentioned the likes of Woodson and Hyde and um, Hayward and all those uh, those guys. Um, but, you know, Rogers wants a voice. And I don't know how much, Todd, I don't know how much say Rogers is going to have in the wide receiver roster cuts. I do know that the five are pretty much locked. And if they keep six or seven, which they typically do, um, it leaves a, you know, one or two spots for, you know, at least eight guys. So you have eight guys competing for two, one or two spots. So I don't know exactly what say he's going to have. Um, but, and this is where I think, this is why I think part of Rogers is issue isn't, necessarily only directed at Goot. <clears throat> Majority of the players Rogers named, they moved on from under Ted Thompson. Meaning there's there's a money guy, the the guy who writes the contracts, the guy who negotiates the contracts, Russ Ball. I honestly think that's who Rogers is a little unhappy with because Russ Ball and I think he had a lot more power than people want people realize. 
towards the end of Ted Thompson's reign in Green Bay because Thompson, I don't think, was fit for the job. Um, no disrespect. I don't mean to you know harp on a guy who's dead now, but I don't think he was cognitively available to do the job that was necessary to do. So I think a lot of those um, decisions was falling on Rust Ball. Um, because, again, you look at the names um, that he said. Uh, most of them were not re-signed or cut under Thompson before uh, Goot became the general manager. Obviously, Rodgers would have liked to see, you know, have a, he would have liked to have fought for Kumaro a little harder, uh, but he never got that chance. Um, but I, th- I think, I don't think Goot's necessarily who he's unhappy with. I think it's more Murphy and Ball because, again, Peppers left um, when Thompson was in charge. Woodson, when Thompson was in charge. Micah High, Casey Haywood, Hayward, all guys who were let go under Ted Thompson. Um, there were two guys that were let go who he didn't mention, Josh Sitton and uh, uh, Mike Daniels. Daniels let go, um, I want to say 2019 in training camp. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then Josh Sitton was a surprise cut um, a couple years prior to that when uh, McCarthy was still the coach. Lang was a surprise, not re-signed for some people. But the end of the day, and this kind of falls under Devante, you can't re-sign everybody. You can't give – Devontae Adams has earned his money. Devontae Adams has earned the right to be the top paid wide receiver in the NFL. But the thing is, unfortunately, you can't pay everybody top position, top player, third position money. And I hope Devontae gets his money. I would prefer it to be with Green Bay. But you're paying David Bakhtiari top mon- top left tackle money in the NFL. I think he's second now after the uh, Trent Williamson with the 49ers. Um, you're paying Kenny Clark top money at his position at nose tackle. You got Alexander's contract coming up. You got Elgin Jenkins' contract coming up. You got Rashawn Gary's contract coming up, who's uh, had a great close to his second year. All guys you have to start looking at extending. So, again... I would love Devontae Adams to be Packer until the end of his career, be the highest paid receiver in the NFL, but you can't pay everybody top receiver money. I'm glad I'm not a general manager because that's a lot of tough decisions to make. You know, you had to let TJ Lane go because you couldn't afford him anymore. You had to let Josh Sitton go because the money just wasn't, didn't make it right anymore. He's in the last year of his contract. You were not going to extend him. Um, Rumors about his locker room conduct um, came out after his after he got cut. I don't know how believable that is, but you you can't pay everybody top dollar money. So I'm glad Rodgers is back. I'm glad I was right that he would be your starting quarterback in 2021. Um, will he be starting quarterback in 2022? I don't know. Um, if they win the Super Bowl, I definitely don't see how you can let him go. Um, but I also don't see them going into 2022 playing him uh, one year left on his roster, uh, on his contract. I don't I don't see that happening either. So that's why I said either he gets traded at the end of 2021 or he gets extended because the Packers are going to want say on where he goes, a la any team in the AFC. I'm sure NL, uh, NFC Central teams are off limits. I'm sure... 
49ers are off limits. I'm sure, you know, like Seattle's off limits. But I would say I'd probably be safe to say every team in the AFC is fair game if they want to trade for Rodgers. I don't know how much input Rodgers is going to have if the Packers do decide to trade him on where they trade him to. But I will say it's going to be a team in the in the AFC. That that's all I know. Um, they're going to want some control on what they get back for Rodgers if they do move on from him. So <laughs> moving on there. Now to kind of touch training camp a little bit and the Packers move. So aside from trading for Randall Cobb, which ended up being you know a sixth round pick and the Texans paying him uh, three million of his salary, they also signed offensive tackle Dennis Kelly. He's a guy that is not allowed a sack in over one thousand snaps. Great get. Um, he's a guy from what I I've read too. The Packers have had their eye on him for quite a while, but with the lack of money. And what the current demand was, it wasn't in their market to make that move. But now with Rodgers' restructured contract and some other small moves they've made, they're able to bring in Dennis Kelly. And bringing in Dennis Kelly, is it safe? it's a safety net move in case, obviously, David Bakhtiari is not ready to go week one. Um, but it's also an upgrade, and Billy Turner played outstanding last year. Great, really good season from Billy Turner, but it's also an upgrade at right tackle. And here, here's what I think happens if if Josh Myers, the rookie center from Ohio State, can win that starting center job, and David Bakhtiari is able to play week one, my bet they're starting offensive line going into week one, Bakhtiari. Jenkins, Myers, Turner, Kelly. I think Lucas Patrick, who I, you know, I think he's a great dude. He he does his hardest. He tries his hardest, but Lucas Patrick is going to be a training camp casualty. He will be cut um, during training camp. I feel um, if Bakhtiari is ready to go week one, John Runyon showed that he can hold his own in uh having to play during injuries. They've invested a lot over the course of the last two drafts on interior offensive linemen. Um, Patrick's making um, pretty good money. So I think Lucas Patrick, if Myers can win the job, Lucas Patrick is the odd man out on the offensive line. And some things about training camp before I go, some things about training camp that I'm excited is I'm excited to see – the continued development of Rashawn Gary. I'm just excited to see what Eric Stokes can do. I'm excited to see the continued development of uh, Darnell Savage. And I'm very curious to see what uh, Matt LaFleur's offense looks like with Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers added to it. And now you have AJ Dillon and uh, uh, Aaron Jones at, um, at your, uh, running back position. I'm very curious about those as well and how they how they split, how they move, how they uh, split carries between those two guys. So with that said, um, comment um, or you can tweet at me. Um, you can uh, email me, uh, talkingsportswithevan at gmail.com at evanwithsports. What about training camp are you most excited about? At Evan with sports, talking sports with Evan at gmail.com.
com. With that said, I'll be back at you next week to talk about what's happened to training camp so far. And like I said, either this week or next week, I will preview the 2021 NFL season. Hope you all have a great rest of your night, and I'll talk to you later.